Welcome to episode two of Loud. We motherfucking made it. I still haven't gotten bored. My ADD is just, you know, thriving and just sticking to this. So I'm excited. And I hope you are too. I wanted to start out by saying thank you so much for sharing the podcast this week. It really, really means a lot. I saw it on some people's stories as a post. So I heard that that helps long term. So please keep on doing that so I can once again keep my cat's coat real shiny. I'm going to start out by telling you a little Natalia story. So I went to the motherfucking dentist this week. And I know no fun story starts with I went to the dentist. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you anyways, okay? Basically, your girl's trying to keep it real in this podcast. So I'm going to tell you that your girl has a ton of cavities because, you know, I love candy and hot Cheetos and then hot Cheetos again and Takis and then some more candy. And yes, I understand. I brush my teeth, blah, 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 blah. But it can also be genetic, okay? So I got a beautiful root canal done and three other cavities filled. So I've been high as a kite on anesthesia, of course, this whole entire week. And it's been, you know, a little fun. And, you know, with these procedures, I feel like dentists kind of expect you to, what's the word? Oh, yeah, shut the fuck up. However, I just really like to troll a little bit. And I kind of enjoy their looks of confusion when they're trying to decode what I'm trying to say. So I really hope that my dentist still likes me and just takes it as a sign of, you know, enthusiasm as a patient. So the point of the story is to let you know that if you see me, you know, in the bar, in the corner, in your house, stalking you, whatever it is that I'm doing, I want you to look at me and say, damn girl, baby boo, that right upper quadrant is so fucking sexy and it gets me going. You know why? Because I have spent all of my money up in here. So... I don't want to hear anything about my podcast, about who I am as a person. I want right upper quadrant compliments only. Nada mas, nada menos. Capiche? Okay, now that we're done with that. Also, that meant nothing more, nothing less. I just heard some, you know, Latino music on the way over here, so I'm just feeling it right now. Let's move on. You're barely getting to know me, but I'm kind of a combination of, you know, serious TED Talk, let me try to change your life, to let me give you some lols also for fun. So this week's episode, I'm going to talk about dating apps and being single in this world. You know, besides getting dumped, this is probably my favorite topic of all time. Mostly because I think I'm an expert on it. I've been single for a minute. So I think I know what I'm doing and I think I know how to add a value to it. If you've been single for a while, hello hermano, hello hermana, I salute you. But if you're newly single... I would like to officially welcome you into the club. I'm going to teach you a secret handshake. It's actually more of a look of, uh, you know, despair and sadness with, may I say, a hint of a desperation. And if you didn't understand my accent, I said desperation. But I'm only kidding. You're going to be just fine, and I'm going to help you navigate through it. So let us begin this episode with a little bit of single person etiquette. Number one. If you just became single, do not be the person that has to throw it in everyone's faces. Look at me, I'm so happy. Look at me, hashtag freedom. Meanwhile, you're out there crying in the corner because that guy in the bar didn't give you attention. Big no-no. I like honesty only, okay? No, I definitely think that you get to the point where you're really confident and you're happy with yourself. But that doesn't happen overnight. So I asked some friends, hey, what's the value of being single? Or what do you value in the times that you have been single? 
And a lot of friends actually came around the idea of freedom and independence. And that's not necessarily to mean, you know, about like hooking up or seeing other people. It's mostly about, you know, not being accountable for somebody else. You know, when you're not in a relationship, you don't have to think about people's feelings or preferences, and you don't have to make sacrifices for anyone. You know, something as simple as like, what are we going to eat for dinner, you know, to something a little bit bigger. The only commitment you have is to yourself, and that's liberating. When you're single, you're just completely focused on yourself. And that's the part that is super valuable because you learn, you know, what you like, what you don't like, and also who you are outside of other people. And I think what's really important is that you learn to be really content with solitude. And I know that sounds really dark, but what I really mean by that is that you learn to be comfortable, you know, just being with the person that you'll spend the rest of your life with, which is yourself. And that's the part about being single that's really powerful. You know, sometimes with romantic love, we can oftentimes forget that we have to love ourselves. And in this time when you're single, because you don't have that validation from a different person, you really, really learn what that means. But enough with the heavy stuff. I promised today was going to be a little lighter. So I want to talk about the fun parts about being single. When you are single, the best part, I would say, for me, is just, you know, flirting and being free and meeting all these different guys, I guess, all the time and learning all these different perspectives. And I also think that I kind of figure out, you know, what I like and don't like in a person without actually having to commit to a relationship. So I always catch myself in these little, like, three-month, six-month flings that I just don't think a lot of people validate enough. When you're in these, like, shorter-term relationships with people, even though they're not official or they're casual, you're still figuring out, you know, who you are with other people and what kind of personalities mesh well with you, but, you know, with lower stakes, which is kind of nice, I think. And these little relationships can be just as valuable as an official one. So back to the flirting thing. Now, do not take advice from me. Once again, I am really good at, like, catching someone, not so much keeping them. But hey, I'm going to tell you what I do anyways. I just wanted to put a little disclaimer in there just in cases. I think that it's really important that when you are single, that you put yourself out there because it's more fun this way. I am actually really bold when it comes to flirting. Like if I see someone at a bar or in a social setting that, you know, Natalia might want that for dinner, okay? I just kind of just go up to them and talk to them because what's the worst that can happen? He rejects me. Whatever. I remember the first time I ever went up to a guy, I just kind of told myself that, hey, if this guy doesn't like me, no problem. I'm just going to pretend that he has a girlfriend or a secret family and 20,000 kids and I don't want him anyways. And that's what I did. Now, he said no to me, but hey, you know what? That builds resilience and moving forward, I still hit on guys with no problem. And I think that more people need to do that, you know? And I learned this from my guy friends. You know, they're out there talking to girls, getting rejected left and right, and they're still trying. They shed a little tear, and then they keep going. And I definitely respect that. And for me, hitting on guys is kind of fun. It makes me feel like a boss-ass bitch, even when they tell me to swerve. No problem. It's okay. I lost my pride a long time ago. I'm going to try again. <laughs> Plus, beep-beep-boo, practice makes perfect. So embarrass yourself now so you can thrive later. A lot of it is just realizing that rejection is not personal. I promise none of these guys that I hit on that rejected me are going home and being like, oh my God, did you see the little Latina girl that came up to me? Oh my God, she is crazy. How dare she go up to me? 
the audacity she had to even say hello. No, no one's thinking about that. So we just have to get out of our heads and just have a good time. Shoot your shot. Because if it makes you feel any better, no one cares. So just do it. So now that I've been talking about how great it is to flirt and how it's a good time and healthy, yada, 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 to all of my people in relationships and to all of my single people that are struggling, let's share some horror stories. I call this segment, Why do you play me like this? Why do you play me like this? So on my Instagram, I asked some people to submit some, you know, single person horror stories or like dating up horror stories. And I actually got a lot of responses because guess what? Dating ain't that pretty sometimes. So let's start on this motherfucking literature, okay? I call this first story The P-Man. I had a girl that I met on a raid. She literally tried to take me home less than three minutes of meeting her. Naturally, I said, okay, let's go, but let me get drunker. So once again, naturally, I drink a little too much. But nonetheless, we went back to my place and did the nasty nasty. When I woke up, there was pee on my bed, and she was sleeping in my roommate's bed. So I just naturally assumed that she had peed on my bed. And I was like, ew, this bitch is nasty. So I walked her out and then I went on three weeks thinking that this bitch had peed on my bed. Little did I know that one of my other roommates saw me wake up in the middle of the night, stand up, pee over my bed. And then when she realized that it was pee all over the bed, she woke up and she switched beds. So yeah, my friend is just a Casanova, really knows how to get women going. Good job. And I really, really hope she never texted you again or ever saw you again. But it was college, so she probably did, unfortunately. The next one I call the Mormon. And that is because it happened in Utah. So my friend was basically texting this guy on Bumble. And, you know, they were having a good time. They were texting and texting. And then she said, you know what? Let me go stalk his ass, as every other woman in the world does. So when she went to his profile, she realized that he had a pregnant wife and three different children. Like, bro, if you're going to be on dating apps, like, can you at least delete your pictures? Lie to me better. Have the nerve to lie to me properly. Sometimes the prospects are not that fire. And like I said earlier, see, sometimes the men that you meet, they might have a wife and many, many children. So it ain't a lost. Now, I call this next one the starving artist. So I started dating a musician in LA, you know, classic. I thought he was cool for a while until he started to get way too into me only after three dates. One time when I stopped replying, he just showed up at my apartment with a box of donuts in the morning without even telling me that he was coming over. And then I kind of got freaked out at the fact that he knew where I lived. So I stopped hanging out with him and he would constantly text me things like, I miss you. Can we try again? Where did I go wrong? And then I found out that he had a girlfriend the whole entire time. And then he got engaged pretty soon after me. Once again, quality, quality, quality. Like, I appreciate you bringing me breakfast, but make sure to give it to your girlfriend first. At the very least, show some respect. So I'm going to call the next one the traveling clown. So I had been talking to this girl for a couple of months. One night, she asked me over to her hotel room. And I'm pretty sure I know what she wants to do, but you know, she was drunk, so they didn't want to take advantage of her. So she answers the door, all cute, you know, in her little silky PJs, flirts a little bit, and then I leave. Later on, she tells me, hey, why didn't you kiss me? So clearly, we make out then, we start hooking up, you know, and having a little fling. She leaves to go out of town for work for the summer, but we always talk, we're texting, we're flirting, you know, doing our thing. So then she tells me, hey, you should come visit me. And I get excited because I really like this girl. 
So sure enough, the trip comes together. So I buy my plane ticket, pack my bags, and head over to see her. When I get there, she's super distant, and when I try to kiss her or even hold her hand, she goes on and says, If I knew you were here as more than just a friend, I would have never asked you to come. So you see, what my beautiful friend forgot to pack was his clown shoes. (laughs) And hey, I can understand that a girl can change her mind, but communicate that to the person. How are you going to ask him to come after months of hooking up? And then when he gets there, you're just like, Hmm. No, what thought we were just friends. Girl, what do you mean? <laughs> Baby girl, if your last interaction with a man was you guys hooking up and doing the dirty, odds are he's going to think that when he pays $600 to come see you, he's going to be doing the dirty with you again. But it's okay. It's okay. No problem. Bitches be like sometimes. So just like communicate that with him. Once again, communication's not that hard, ladies and gentlemen. So the next work of literature that I have for you guys is called, I don't even know what to call it because when this girl sent this to me, I thought it was all fake, but let's get it. So I went on my very first day with this guy in college when I was a freshman, 18, and he was a senior. So my girl, you know, she was out there with the older men, you know, status, 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 respect. Anyways, I found out halfway through the day that he was actually about to turn 28 and he was in a frat first red flag then after eating he asked me to <laughs> then after eating he asked me to hang out at his apartment and I felt weird saying no so I went classic then he proceeded to turn on a movie that wasn't even in English where the first scene whew, was a girl giving herself an at-home abortion I mean ladies and gentlemen if this is not romance I just don't know what it is Then later, he asked me if I wanted to see his art because he was an amateur artist. Ah, so beautiful. (laughs) And I said, okay, because once again, I felt weird not to. And I wanted to be polite, even though I was absolutely miserable. So hear this. The drawings he showed me were all fat, old, naked men. Girl, the fact that you didn't run for the hills at this point, I'm questioning you. So then he finally agrees to take me home, thank God. But then his pink Volkswagen bug wouldn't start. So he had to borrow his roommate's car to get me back to campus. I just don't understand where he went wrong. He sounds like the perfect man. When you guys get married, please let me come. And I really hope that all of his beautiful drawings and paintings are just displayed all over the venue. So my point is, if you're in a relationship, look what we have to deal with. (laughs) and if you're single see you're not alone it's all a shit show for everyone but I'm not done with this topic yet so now let's segue from shitty dates to even shittier dates dating apps all jokes aside I actually think that dating apps are pretty great mostly because you have all the dating pool right at your fingertips And it's not like before where you literally would only date your neighbor or this person you went to school with. Now you can literally branch out of your friend group or friends of friends and you actually have a chance to meet someone that you may never really run into. I posted an Instagram poll and I wrote, but like, what do you use or have used dating apps for? And the grand results for that are 61% of you use it for something casual or have used it for something casual, and the other 39% for something serious. 
So obviously there's a perception that dating apps are only for something casual, but I also think that some people really do go in there to get something serious out of it. But I think what's important with that is that you communicate with these people what you're looking for in these apps. Mind you, sometimes you might not be looking for anything, you're open to whatever, but if you are sure of yourself and you know where you stand, communicate people, it's not that hard. Like, if a guy tells me, hey, I just want something casual, he's not a fuckboy. He's just telling you straight up and how it is, and vice versa. Like, if a girl tells you she wants a relationship, she's not needy. She's just looking for something else. The only thing that's frustrating is that when there's not this communication, then that's always going to create problems because we all have different expectations. And they're not going to be met if you don't communicate your standards and what you're looking for. Just own what you want and don't be ashamed of it. Another thing that's beautiful about dating apps is that it helps introverts. Now, earlier in this episode, I talked about how, you know, I go up to guys and be bold and be out there, but, you know, it's not for everyone. And when you're introverted, like, it can be hard to meet someone in a bar or, like, a social setting. So I love that dating apps give people that kind of platform. Now, let's talk about the ugly part of dating apps. The problem with dating apps is actually called the paradox of choice. When you have dating apps, you have so many choices of people that you can date. You can literally be on a date with someone and then be swiping for the next date that you're going to go on at 9 p.m. And because we have so many different people right in the palm of our hands, you can just miss the opportunity to get to know the person that's right in front of you because you're so caught up with thinking, what if I meet somebody else? But this girl Ashley in the app looks so hot. Like, maybe I'll go out with her. Maybe she'll love me. And it can get to the point where you just keep on doing that and you kind of just never meet someone. So choice is beautiful and it's liberating, but at the same time, you know, it comes with its own little set of consequences, I think. It's kind of like when you're at the grocery store just looking for toothpaste. You usually have a brand that you like and a type of toothpaste that you like. Sometimes you're just like, hey, what if I want to branch out and pick a different one? Well, guess what? There are 32 different types of toothpaste. We got Total, we got Emanuel Health, we got Opic White, we got Max Fresh, we got Essentials. I'm like, wait, which one do I pick? So then if you're like me, you're just not going to buy any of them and just wait until you have tons of cavities and go to the dentist and get root canals. Just kidding, I swear to God, I brush my teeth. But my point is that sometimes, you know, you just don't know what kind of toothpaste is better for you too. But choices, choices, choices can be really, really overwhelming. And then we end up choosing nothing. Or we just buy them all to just, you know, make sure that we never get cavities again. As I've said many, many times before, a bitch loves a metaphor. So there you have it. I compare dating apps to toothpaste. I'm always out here keeping things super sexy. I know. I wanted to conclude this by saying that all in all, we're all looking for the exact same thing, which is human connection. So don't devalue whatever stage another person is in. So whether you are looking for something serious or something casual at this particular time, own what stage you're in and don't let anyone bring you down in whatever you choose to do. And let's support one another. If you are the girl or the guy that's in a relationship with a friend that is single and trying to explore, wing woman them, help them out. Be there to hear their stupid drunk stories or their stupid hookups or whatever they're doing. Like if your friend wants to be a hoe, don't shame them for it. You do you, let them do them. And vice versa, if you are single, and even if you are single looking for a relationship, support your friends that are in relationships. Don't bring them down and tell them like, oh, wow, like I'm not wifed up, like I'm free, you're not. Don't do that. That's just rude. 
And don't be bitter at the fact that they have a relationship, even if it stems from jealousy. Mind you, that's a natural feeling sometimes, but just take comfort in the fact that if that's what you're looking for, you'll find it. But in the meantime, love the fact that you're single. Explore, have a good time, be fun and flirty. And take this time to have fun and just grow as a person. Never be upset at whatever stage you're in. And that concludes the episode, all my single ladies and gents. If you want to be updated with all my episodes, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, underscore loud podcast. There I'll be posting some pictures, stories, you know, doing some polls and hopefully getting a bunch of stories from you guys, depending on what topic I'll be covering that week. So yeah, so far it's been super fun. If you have any comments or criticisms, once again, I am very open. I'm here to improve and watch this podcast evolve. Next week, I might be bringing in a guest. Who knows? Could be fun. And as always, do what empowers you. Be confident and have a good weekend. Until next week. Bye, guys.